0: So hello, everyone, Uh, welcome to yet another episode of the People, Passion and Purpose podcast. Um, And this time the podcast goes international. uh, So we have a very uh, interesting and a special guest with me. So uh, she is somebody who I'm officially meeting for the first time here. But then we met uh, in terms of our ideologies, in terms of our ideas, in terms of our thought processes Um, a little earlier. On LinkedIn, as well as we have the same predecessor of our company, so we both worked at past. We both worked uh, in terms of women empowerment, and uh, yeah, prior to that, she knew me by uh, reputation, and now we are officially meeting for the first time. So welcome Laura from uh, you know uh, from the early morning in Romania on on Easter Monday. So thank you for gracing this podcast.
1: Hello, hello, Sunil. So thank you very much for the invitation. I was so grateful when I saw your message, um, because as you said, we didn't meet each other so far, Um, but it's great to see you and also hear you. And uh, as you said, uh, your reputation, is still having some echoes uh, outside of Bosch, but inside of Bosch as well. So I'm really happy that uh, we can talk. Um, we can also share some experiences and ideas for the listeners. And as you said, Easter Monday, Monday is the best uh, morning to start uh, and to share something. So thank you for that.
0: Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's also a joy to uh, you know, meet you and uh, share thoughts. And find some of the similarities between you know what happens in in India also what also happens in Romania uh so a few things off the record that I also got into uh hear from you so it's it's nice uh, to have you here um and it's uh yeah, let's let's jump on board and ask you interesting questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you. I think that's that's a good approach to to have because then at some point I will also have reflection on my own while talking. So.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I think we had a common connection in terms of uh, Padmini Jo, uh, Bosh, women and Bosh, working out loud. Uh, so you were part of the global. Uh, leadership or membership with regards to the Women and Empowerment Community and all the Women Empowerment Initiatives. I just want to just, just put uh, the thought process or the spotlight back on it. So how was your experience uh, getting into such an initiative and what was uh, the things that you did there?
1: So for me, it was um, it all started actually when I moved to Cluj. I lived in Timisoara in another city 350 kilometers away. And when I applied to Bosch, uh, actually, I, I didn't think that they will just uh, um, yeah, ask me to, to move out in Cluj. Um, and I'm, when I moved, I didn't have any friends, any relatives. So I didn't know anybody in this new city. <clears throat> and when I was at uh, work, um, I had uh, Hanne Rabe. She was a part of the global board as well at some point in Women at Bosch. And she was my boss in quality department. And I asked her, okay, how should I meet new people in Cluj because, of course, I can meet some colleagues, but that's not the same because you want to, yeah, you want to interact, you want to have some network and also to expand my my, my list of friends, let's say. And she invited me on one of the administrative calls that they had at, at that point in 2017 and I was impressed somehow that uh, I, I met a group of women who are not uh, envy, who are just trying to <laughs> to help each other. And I was like, okay, that's new for me. In general, <laughs> in my experiences, whenever I had some female bosses and so on, they were not so nice at some point. And I said, okay, this is different. So I started to go to their meetings. And because I have the background in psychology and I was also inclined somehow to, to be based on, on helping others. I said, maybe I can also contribute. So the first time I organized a self-confidence workshop uh, for the women in the plant. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I had the impact on that, uh, on the International Women's Day. And I continued to go to the, to the meetings and to be more and more involved. So I started to organize projects in Romania. And at some point we had the coordination voting and they vote me to be the, the local here um, uh, coordinator for Women at Bosch and how I end up in the global board, because that's uh, that was a big step uh, because I was the first uh, Romanian lady actually in this big global board uh, management board for 25 years they were not having any let's say women for india or from romania or from other uh, yeah countries only from germany I, as i know so i applied <laughs> i sent out my cv and i said hey i am a local coordinator here in romania and i can i i want to have impact on on a global global um, overview and i was accepted so it was more oh my god now i i can go in a yeah diversity topic much more because i was working in quality in consultancy so yeah i was not even in hr at that point and yeah it was a great opportunity to be along with colleagues from other countries as well in the same in the same team
0: hmm. <clears throat> so you said uh, you know uh... You, you you got into this and you found out that women are helping each other, so women supporting women, um, men also supporting women in this particular cause. So, uh, what's been your experience with uh, you know such initiatives? You said you also had a confidence building workshop. What what drives you to get into all of this?
1: I think I think it's the I mean, I will always work with people. That's my, no matter what I will do, I will always work with people for people. And for me, it was just an opportunity how to really go further and to to have impact. And uh, whenever I saw that, in general, women are, in some of the countries, and also in Romania, we have a lot of problems from the, uh, let's say, equity, equity, and also going mm-hmm. to the leadership position. And for me it was like, why all the things are happening? And I wanted to find some answers and I did receive some answers, but I saw, okay, what I'm going to do with that, those answers. I need really to have projects or to contribute to the, for example, mentoring project that the woman at Bosch is doing. So as you said, uh, male colleagues who are already leaders helping female colleagues, Uh, to mentor and also to offer them support to give them wings uh, in to to have the leadership roles so this was the motivation actually because i saw that i can have impact and there are already people with the same mindset with the same values as i'm having
0: Mm. so yeah that that community feeling is a thrill altogether.
1: Yes, I, I was not used actually to be I'm I'm more like an introvert and more like uh, um, yeah having the my own um, activities and my own ideas but sometimes when when you find a good community and people uh, with the same as I said mindset it it was nice for me to feel accepted and also to feel like I'm important and I can contribute to that
0: mm. and uh, that that feeling of being accepted and, you know, important. And um, I'm also adding something to this as a whole equation. It's it's a different feeling altogether. So I've been uh, personally involved in some of those activities where I felt involved and I was able to give, maybe just pay it forward to somebody else that, you know, they also uh, see this. And it's a beautiful feeling. I can completely, uh, you know, understand uh, how you felt, uh, you know, how you continue to feel with that topic. So, another interesting point, maybe we we go to the beginning. So, you said uh, you were in T and then you went into HR. You also have uh, qualifications with regard to psychology. So, how did that happen?
1: So, um, I graduated high school uh, in uh, um, yeah teaching. So, I had the certificate to be a teacher in kindergarten and i said okay if i can if i can work with small people <laughs> at some <laughs> point i will work with with uh, adults so this was the biggest test for me like teaching others and making the small kids to listen to you if i can do that for me in my mindset was like i will i will speak in front of anybody after that
2: <laughs> uh, so
1: it 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 started with with uh, yeah teaching and then I said, uh, how can I help, actually? It was the question that I always had in mind. And I said, maybe through psychology. And I was always um, yeah, happy to help by talking because, you know, we do not have all the solutions um, and we are not experts in other people's life. And I was applying yeah, for, for psychology, uh, university. I graduated and then I said, I need to go further with something more specialized. So then I made psychotherapy, systemic psychotherapy. Um, And it was in parallel with my master's degree. It was almost six years of studying uh, self-discovery groups, uh, supervisor and supervisions and so on. So it was a long road. But my dream was to work with families and couples. So I said, Mm -hmm. one day I will have my couch, you know, like uh, famous Freud Freud was having. And I was talking, I will talk with people and I will help them to to discover and to solve the problems. Uh, But uh, in Romania, it's not so easy. (laughs) Um, I mean, the... The first fear was like how I'm going to support myself, how many clients do I need, how I'm going to uh, yeah, tax the people. So it should be like a company, it should be like a small individual economic um, yeah, way of organizing myself. So I was not so confident in that and all the paperwork was really complicated. And I said, you know what, I have the skills, so wherever I'm going to work, I will still help people. And uh, because I made a master's degree in human resources management, I said, let's try to apply in corporations. You know, they have a lot of work, they have a lot of open positions, so let's try in that. And I first started in Continental Automotive in Mm -hmm. Timișoara, But at that point, they didn't have any open position for human resources. So I ended up in quality. (laughs) (laughs) And as I really like to say, that lady, the HR lady, I think she she was selling me the job so good. Like, oh, you (laughs) will be such a fit in quality department. Um, And I was was hired in uh, process audits. So quality process audit, and uh, to be honest, I needed to go at home and to Google it, What what is an audit, because I never heard that <laughs> word.
2: Uh.
1: So, yeah, I ended up in, 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 uh, in that only because I applied, <laughs> and I said, okay, what is going to happen? And I had the idea that if I don't like it, then I will just, yeah, resign it, that's it. I mean... I I didn't have anything to lose but uh, on the other side I like it (laughs) so actually it was a good fit for me to work in quality department Mm -hmm. because I had some strong um, ideas about we need to do uh, things in a quality way so not to waste time actually I really enjoy to to discover what is automotive for me it was like only cars in my mind Mm -hmm. but it was a lot of Technical background in that, and uh, all my skills from psychology was really coming in handy when talking with the engineers. They were not so communicative, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So I really used the skills in uh, yeah coping with a new job in the new industry.
0: <laughs> when you said engineers are not communicative, I was laughing for that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was true. In the beginning, it was like only technical and only numbers mm. and only KPIs. And I was like, oh, my God, what I'm doing here? <laughs> but, yeah, it was quite OK.
0: Mm. But somehow I, I agree with that statement that engineers uh, and communication may not be the easiest of things uh, as it to coexist at certain points. So there's a lot of uh, my own experience that I've seen uh, The people said completely get ignored by numbers, by, you know, the uh, different... uh, Excel
1: file. Oh, my God. I hate Excel at some (laughs) point. I was like, I don't like it. Never again. (laughs)
0: Uh, Excel, PPT, you know, I've had my share of of presentation mishaps. And uh, I I used to get more feedback on my presentation, uh, you know, the the way it's get presented then on the data the data was flawless then Sunil you haven't uh, used this particular font there are three fonts in the ppt there's a line that is colored here but this one is differently colored Uh, but i'm like the job's important the work's important yeah
1: yeah Um, i i saw i i was quickly um let's say enrolled in in the all the corporate language (laughs)
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: as you said, uh, if you want to present an idea, just go to make a PowerPoint, a nice PowerPoint with some uh, colorful and, and interesting uh, options there or pictures. And then, as you said, it was about delivery. So if, even if I said, like, I don't know, I want to implement a, a shitty thing, it was not an important one. But if you did a very good presentation, if you had the skills and uh, convincing mm-hmm. uh, the right people... Then maybe you get the money, the budget, the resources, and so yes,
0: on. Yes, so. yes, And there's there's a very famous rebellious line, uh, you know that that I always used to use. So in organizations, the presentation is always greater than the product. Uh, so whatever product is selling, uh, it may be good. If you have a bad presentation, it doesn't work. If you have really bad product but a really great presentation, uh, for sure it's going to get you budget.
1: Yeah, 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 it's true. Unfortunately, it's true. And I saw that also as a leaders, one of the big skills that uh, it was promoted and also encouraged for the people to develop it was actually the public speaking. And mm-hmm. as you said, presentation skills. And it's important, yes, you need to sell your ideas. If you have a great idea and you don't sell it, then 90% is going to be lost. But on the other side, if it's empty idea, and only great delivery or like uh, selling skills, then at some point it's going to break like a bubble. <laughs> it's not going to last.
0: Yeah, now that that is very true. So this breaking like a bubble happens. But then uh, a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of things have been already spent in, you know, basically sustaining that life uh, sustaining that bubble. And overall, it's not good for business. It's not good for, you know, the community. It's not good for the employees um yeah there there are uh, many such topics like that i think both of us can can agree on that uh, in terms of our own experiences
2: yes yes
0: yes mm. i had actually when you said kindergarten i had a topic that instantly came to me so i just want to ask you to sing a romanian rhyme that you remember
1: <laughs> for for the kids
0: <clears throat> for the kids yeah and then maybe explain it also in english
1: well, um, actually, uh, for the kindergarten when I was where I was working, um, they had uh, very multicultural kids. So mm-hmm. actually, uh, for example, half of the family was Romanian, but then the father or the mother was from Asia or from uh, France. Uh, so it was quite multicultural, um, and they really liked to look on the um, yeah um, cartoon that was in English so mm. i also learned together with them some of the english <laughs> english uh, songs but it was one particular one and i think in english it's it's the same it was with the rain and it was like rain rain go away come on come on, another day <laughs> and it was it's quite cool quite cool and i think i will sing that to my kids as well
0: <laughs> yeah so rain rain go away is a very famous uh, rhyme here in india sir uh, so yeah, and a lot of us grew up on cartoons like Tom and Jerry, like Cartoon Network was very, very strongly popular, Mickey Mouse, Chip and Dave, a lot of that.
1: Cartoon Network as well here in Romania, yeah. I grew up with that. And to be honest, I didn't know until now, like, like at 20 something, I didn't know what they were saying over there. And uh. I was like so surprised, like I tried to imitate, but I didn't understand anything. And as you said, whenever Tom and Jerry was at at, at the TV at on cartoon, it was like just sitting over there in front of the TV screen and not moving. Like, mom, mom, shh, I'm looking at that.
2: <laughs>
1: so yeah, I think we were exposed. As you said, this is a one common see, that you were talking in the beginning. What Romania and India was having in common, it was being exposed so much in this, uh, yeah, multicultural and English
0: as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so. Yeah, English becomes uh, like a unifying language, also uh, a strong uh, language we can communicate along with our local uh, mother tongues and the very and multicultural, I think, is, is very strongly Indian. Uh, so uh, in a lot of places, specifically inside the organization, when we said oh, cultural diversity, linguistic diversity, uh, ethnic diversity, so we say yeah that's that's bread and butter uh, in our you know daily activities. I have somebody from a, a different religion who speaks the same language, uh, has a very similar uh, you know uh, built in terms of the the complexion in, uh, is the same person uh, with a similar space who is from a different uh, you know region in the India uh, region in India, but then uh, our uh, religious uh, religious identity is very similar. And then we have we people mm-hmm. who, who who talk minimum two or three languages. We have uh, the same set of festivals that you know are there, and there are multitude of festivals. I uh, I used to always tell my mom that uh, there were so many holidays that it's it's no use going to school. I uh, I can always <laughs> <take> next holidays. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be honest, uh, since I I yeah started to meet the colleagues from from Bosch, uh, especially uh, Padmini and Josna. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was more and more open and, and curious about uh, India, not only about the cuisine, so I absolutely love the cuisine, and I have a lot of spices uh, that I received, but also I'm using usually at home. Um, one day I will also visit India, I'm, I'm 100% sure. But besides that, it was um, interesting for me to find out about religion, as you said, I I still don't understand a lot from that. It's it's like okay, how many gods and and how many as you said ce- celebrations and, but it was interesting because now in Excel where I'm working, um, the company actually it's it was founded by um, um, CEO that is from India and we are receiving emails like now it's um, Diwali for example is a festival mm-hmm. and they also write down what is that festival for yeah. us <laughs> because I don't yeah I don't understand <laughs> but yes. it's
0: yes, yeah it's yes, yes. it's always fun to learn about uh, the you know the place the culture uh, you know different things and you know this this is interesting you know grain rain go is interesting I thought I'll hear something in uh, you know in the local Romanian dialect and say okay I, that will be interesting, but yeah there's...
1: I will tell you I will tell you something in Romania at some point Romanian <laughs> but as you said we are so raised on on the idea of yeah interacting with many cultures many colleagues, mm. uh, many people coming from different. I also had uh, for example a kid in the in the kindergarten in my group, he was uh, Muslim. And he was talking Arabic, uh, and and so point he just automatically talking Arabic with me. And I say sorry, I don't understand. Can you say it in like English at least, if not in Romanian? <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it it was for me also a learning um, mm. phase and and it, being exposed to that. So with parents also talking in English and. For example they in the in the easter break they were just flying to disney and for me it was like oh i only seen that in the movie like you really good at three years old you're going to disney wow so yeah
0: mm, i've never been to disneyland so that's that's on the to-do list hopefully sometime it will happen but i i've seen that uh yeah kids kids do enjoy going there their parents are uh, pretty much i think also going back to their childhood uh, when they go to uh, disneyland and all of that um, so when you uh, when you brought up that topic around you know diversity in childhood and all of that and mm-hmm. different experience culturally so how is it uh, for maybe the audience perspective uh, mostly uh, indians so how is it uh, uh, you know can you give us a view of How how was it in Romania growing up as a kid?
1: So for me, um, one specific memory that I have, and it's with me, as you said, I grew up with Cartoon Network and some of the, yeah, I was exposed to that. Um, And particularly in uh, in that um, Banat area, how we say it in Romania, uh, we had a lot of colleagues, uh, sorry, a lot of people, who were from uh, other areas from Romania, and they had a different dialect. So sometimes I, were not, I was not able to understand what they are talking, because it was still Romanian, but with different kind of accent. Um, any, yeah, different kind of words for the same thing. For example, how we are saying to uh, window, they said another word, and it was like, what is that? It's like still Romanian. <laughs> so even inside of that uh, area, the county, it was different for me because I had to, I, I have seen some differences from how they speak. Uh, my grandparents were in some area of the Romania and the other grandparents from my mom's side. It was in a different um, area near to Serbia. So when I, whenever I was in the summer vacation they yeah, 80% of the people in that uh, village they talk Serbian. Mm -hmm. And my neighbors, for example, I remember my house of my grandma, it was like really in the middle of the neighbors only Serbians. So I grew up um, eating their specific food dishes. Um, and even I knew how to say hello or, um, yeah, whenever it was Christmas, we were going to sing some, um, yeah, holiday songs and they give us some cakes and so on. It so I was helpful. exposed, I would say more to the Balkanic uh, neighbors and, and, uh, dialects. Um, and, uh, gr- gradually, uh, when I moved to Timisoara, which was a bigger city, so universities over there and so on. It was more um, close to Germany, Austria, Germany, and Hungarian called, uh, Hungarian people. And I also heard on the speed like, the diverse uh, languages. And also I saw the people who were wearing different kind of clothes, like more modern, I would say, so near to the West. And uh, I, I like it. It was like, oh, a big city, so now more diversity. Um, I also seen them, they, they were... Like talking more modern like with more confidence so regardless the language it was the attitude that it was diverse for me and i perceived mm-hmm. that at 19 years old like oh, oh my god so much diversity <laughs> and i like it um and uh, as i said there's a small memory that i have in my city um, because it was a small city and, and yeah I didn't ever see an Asian person or like a, a black person and I, I was just riding my bicycle um, we were living near to a park a big park and near to the hotel we were always making like a round and coming back to the block and I saw some people that were talking another another language which were similar with Cartoon Network so I, I understood somehow that it was English or something like this and I would, I was just talking with them. I think I had ten years old or something like this. Maybe I was with my bicycle, and I tried in Romanian to talk with them to ask them from where they are coming, and they were just saying, "Oh, we are coming from America, America, and so on." And uh, I tried somehow to make connection with them because I say I see them exotics like okay they are talking different they are looking different okay and i said and they came come back to the hotel i think there was some like um, orthodox or something like this organization mm-hmm. and they bring that some some sweets and i was so happy like going back to my mom and say hey i received this from f- some foreigners i don't know and my mom was like oh my god you're crazy like you never accept sweets <laughs> or cookies for someone who is not <laughs> speaking the same mm-hmm. language like you <laughs> but it was so innocent It's I was so curious like and they were so friendly actually only to just talk with us like trying to say that we are from America and so on so it was like five minutes discussion yeah only by sign language.
0: (laughs) Oh yes yeah I think as kids we are naturally curious we want to just connect with people find out our similarities find out our differences uh, there's there's no uh, attachment to those differences, and we don't you know segregate or we don't really uh, say oh you're not in the same uh, we, we don't speak the same language. We just want to you know like make friends, get get on board. Um, and you 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 had uh, shared in terms of I think uh, one of the topics you wanted to share about was with biases, and hmm. a perfect segue to ask um. In terms of what are the biases that you know you have uh, come across as an individual, or maybe in 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 the workspace specifically, mm. maybe even in terms of women empowerment or speaking on uh, on behalf of women, uh, the glass ceiling as such.
1: It uh, it's it's a sad story that I have, but a true one. Um, I had a colleague uh, in the same group as me, and she got married. I think two years ago or something like this and then she moved out in another group in bosch and at some point she wanted to apply to a new job and she was like recently married and the group leader from that she it was also a woman and uh, after the interview she gave her the feedback like mm, it was the statement like this i saw your ring on your on your hand and i know that you are recently married If you are moving to our group, it's going to be stressful. It's going to be something, uh, yeah, very, very demanding. And if you want to have kids, I don't recommend you to come to, yeah, to come to our group. And when she was just telling to me, uh, we were going to the canteen and she told me, okay, I was like, hey, how is it your life? How is it in the new group? And so on. And she said, I want to leave. I want to move. But look how, how was the feedback that I received? And I was so enraged, like furious, like how a woman can—not even a woman, like anybody in this world—can just, yeah, have the the judgment that if I'm ha- if I'm married, if I have the ring on my finger, then the next logical step is going to be that I will have a kid, and if I have a kid or a child, I cannot, uh, yeah, cope with a stressful group. And I was like telling to her, "Hey, how? What was your reaction?" I'm just. I'm just curious. And she said, well, I understand that maybe she was having a good intention, like maybe to protect me and so on. But on the other side, I felt disappointed, like, okay, what, what if I'm married? What if I'm having three or four kids? That doesn't mean that I'm not capable and just not giving me or refusing me the opportunity from the beginning only because you think that I will think mm. or I will be overloaded. That's not fair. And I was, yeah, I was encouraging her um, to speak up, Uh, but she said, okay, I understand that maybe it's something that it's hard to demonstrate to the HR back, like, look how the others are giving me feedback and so on. And yeah, this was the, this was the point that I felt inside of me that this should not happen. And of course, women can give uh, birth to a child. That's it. That's that's nature. Um, but on the other side, that's not fair in the company, in a big company, in a big corporation. In a yeah, I th- I I would like to say high educated people who should not leave their own personal beliefs and their own fears maybe at some point to speak out for other colleagues, for other people who just want an opportunity to develop. So that was yeah, it was how if I were that person, I would just say, you know what, let's go to HR right now. <laughs> this is what you said to me, this is not acceptable. <laughs> that's that's not you cannot pretend or think that I will be I will be less a professional only because I'm planning to have kids or I'm yeah, I have a family and so on. That's yeah. That should not happen. Yeah.
0: And I think uh, it, it's very very frequent that things like this will happen. Uh, I've also had uh, you know other colleagues share with me saying hey, something very similar uh, happened in an in, in an internal transfer, and um, I was like, you know, you can as well talk to the HR. And um, yeah, to uh, like I don't want to because I don't want to be targeted later
1: yes yes and actually building that trust because you know hr it's in between management or top management and people and we are calling them human resources but actually they are really human beings <laughs> and they have their own life they have their own fears they have their own you know struggles and a company or hr department even hr bps they cannot cover all the topics And at some point, they have some reports to say, okay, how many people um, are in leadership position? How many people are moving? Why? What is the attrition? So when you have these two components in the same department, um, of course, the people are not trusting. And they say, if I'm going to say that, what is going to happen to me? I'm going to lose my job. uh, It's the other person going to have some effects or they are going to be punished in some way. So everything is just pushed back and it remains a discussion over a canteen lunch and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's sad because some of the people are not leaving that kind of toxic environment. I'm not talking only about corporations. It's in small companies as well. And it's about, you, you ask me about biases. It's about ages as well. My father is having uh, 50 and something, 53, I think. And I just talked with him. I said, hey, you know, after 30 years working in the same company, you can just switch. You can be a driver. You know, you can just be a truck driver. Mm -hmm. He's having all the licenses and so on. And he said, no, at my age, nobody will just hire me. Yeah. And actually, this is not, it's become his own thought, his own mindset, but it was coming from the society. At your age, you cannot just apply and have a new job anymore or when you have interviews in general interviews like when you see a person is like overweighting and say like, mm, maybe that person cannot really run to meetings and it's it, deep inside it's like inside because you heard it from the society because other people were saying that and you think that is normal or because you're just judging the person based on the appearance yeah. and uh, you cannot leave this out in a, in a company it's not like you yeah. are just uh, yeah undress yourself with your biases at the <laughs> when you are having your badge and just yeah. making
0: the punch in that is true so age is a is a strong factor and then I think for, for that there are there are many other factors that come into play in terms of you know the employability and the the younger generations pushing for the same jobs uh, the younger generations Ah, uh, with lesser pay, can you know do more work. There are many aspects, again, cultural aspects, but i I, I completely understand the background. I had a recent conversation with somebody and said, uh, you know, I've not been in the office for the last four years. I've taken a maternity break, and I am completely unsure if I really deserve to get there. You know, will I work uh, like the same way I worked before?" Um, How is it going to be working with the new team? There are like thousands of questions bubbling uh, at the same point. So at times we also have our own insecurities uh, that again has come through society's conditioning, our own conditioning. Uh, There are many aspects, So especially for somebody who's uh, interested and passionate about uh, getting people on the equity bandwagon. We have uh, a lot of things to work with. A lot of challenges to work with.
1: For me, it was, was really surprising that, um, at, at the table of management board of women at Bosch, we talk about um, having KPIs of women in leadership. Like, like, I remember how, how was it in a university. We had some special um, yeah seats, let's say, for disabled like uh, Roma people, so gypsies. And disabled, and this was like nobody was applying to that because they didn't have the money to sustain themselves in the university and so on. So it was always empty. At every year, when I was looking on the table, like who graduated, the, the past the exams, and so when I saw there like empty spaces because uh, yeah, it was only a line over there disabled, empty, empty people, the uh, empty spaces that they should go there, and it after many many years being on that discussion to say that we need to have quota we need to have the woman in leadership and i was saying yes that's a that's one way of pushing the topic in front of the, the management and top management that hey we need to have diversity because we have different kind of skills because we have different kind of backgrounds not because it's a woman and it was the same when Phyllis was coming, like the first woman in management board. Yes, but she was not there only because she was a woman, a female. Yeah. And that's it. And I was, yeah, I was upset somehow that uh, we need to put quotas, we need to put KPIs. Just...
0: So thank you, Lara. So we're back. Uh, so thank you uh, for coming back. And you, you were sharing something on the KPIs, the... quote us quite passionately and the 40-minute zoom conversation
1: (laughs) yeah Uh, so yes going back to the promoting women only because they are women or female i think that's that's quite sad thing that is happening but in at uh, uh, european union this is happening quite as a push because we didn't reach the let's say the target that it was already set and I think the target was quite like having 20% women in leadership. So not even half or not even like to have some women <laughs> in the position. And the recruiting process is the same. We need, to, we need to think about abilities, the skills. And I had also the feeling at some point that I will not be recruited only because I have the chance at some point to go to maternity leave. And that's that's something that, yeah, it's it's quite sad that it's still happening. It is an option, as I said, it is an option to really put focus, so really to count how many women we have, how, we, how many women applied and what kind of development steps they need to go to that. But as you also see now what is happening, a lot of um, women in top management board they resign, they don't want to continue their contracts. And I think this is raising a quite question mark, like why it's happening like this. Could be like personal reasons, could be like moving in other company, could be like sabbatical years and whatever. But it's still, I think it's the environment. And it's not men versus women. It's about the stressful environment that at some point women, they needed to wear Pants, not dresses anymore, and they said, you know, I I want to to gain more money to be able to uh, sustain my family because I'm a single mom, for example, or I want to be in that position because then I will have the authority and my voice is going to count, and it's coming all on the history that women in general had, mm-hmm. in different cultures, in different and still have actually in in you know what it's happening right now in in. In a Muslim world, yeah, with the women.
0: Mm. I think it's it's uh, you know it's a very strongly nuanced subject. Uh, there are there are certain things that you know, come come to us uh, as a very obvious uh, placing. Hey, this is in this particular space, it's happening. Uh, it's it's uh, evident in certain areas, but then there's a I think in my experience there's a subtler undercurrent. Uh, and when you said you know you uh, quotas and other things, um, so that that question saying hey this person is a diversity candidate becomes uh, a thing, and that's that's another bias. You've gotten because you're a diversity candidate, and then um, you know you uh, are not looked at, looked for your you know your capacity, your talents, not really given that fair share of uh, thing when you're coming into a new team, and then you've. Advertised in the job description that you're looking for a diversity candidate, uh, or you know you're you're looking at fulfilling certain quotas in the organization, saying hey we need 30 percent men not 20 percent men in this organization or 50 percent women in the organization. So uh, what you're telling the others is the other person you got in. You're, you know you're telling yourself you got in because not because of your capacity, but hey because I am fitting a certain uh, diversity. Uh, equation. So it doesn't either help you as an individual, nor does it help the team as a cohesive unit. Um, I think language plays a very strong uh, role in the way we look at diversity in terms of how we handle it. And definitely the the bells are ringing in terms of saying, hey, why are are women not really preferring to stay on the contracts and look at leadership positions? I personally have an opinion that our grassroots need to be strengthened. And that's when, you know, the the next movement upwards can actually help that there is, uh, there's definitely people that are, you know, strong leaders that that will uh, come on board if our grassroots are strengthened.
1: Yeah, I I saw uh, men leaders who are really supporting much more than female leaders. And uh, then it was the bell that you said that was ringing for me, like, we need to talk much more about that. And one of the good examples was the one of the um, top management in Bosch. Uh, when we presented to him, he was like, oh, I understand now why mentoring is important, because I also have two daughters. And I would like to have this kind of programs from them, for them to get in touch with, with other managers and to help them develop. So all men, they have one woman, at least their mom, that they, they have in their life. And I think from this perspective, or like empathy perspective, I think it's about respect and chances and opportunities. And on the other side, we need the intuition for the from the female side we need the kindness we need the sensibility that that more and more in leaders people are appreciating that they are staying because they meet kind people and they meet empathetic people and this is a feminine let's say part that also the men they they need to allow it to happen if you are very uh, strong you can also cry but you know who in this world, it's crying in meetings or in the offices. <laughs> Nobody like we are not allowed to be humans anymore.
0: <laughs> I I I have to just share this. Um, I am very famous uh, for you know, being somebody who's eyed in all of all of the failings that happen uh, in the organization. So whoever leaves the team, I think, uh, uh, for sure, uh, I am the one who has you now very emotional. Uh, Response to someone leaving, and I get uh, you know like made fun of. I get different comments from all all sorts of society. So like, oh, how come you're crying? It's okay. Don't like be a man, uh, yeah. a child anymore. I've I've seen all of that. Uh, you know, when you said uh, this in terms of strength and crying, uh, you know, my hand automatically went up and say, "Hey, I'm." You're talking about one exception here. I'm an exception, and that's not that's not also landed me any any good. Uh, but some some places, I think authenticity and vulnerability uh, is is a trait that's irrespective of whether you're you're a you're a, a male or female, uh, or generally any any gender fluid uh, aspects. It's about uh, you know the overall natural phenomena that happened. and uh, it's it's just just that there is no association of strength. Weakness, gender, uh, to it, and and when, whenever somebody is authentic, uh, I think they all, you know, they, they are automatically leaders in, in many aspects.
1: Yeah, and as you said, being being caring or sensible or empathetic, these are great qualities. Uh, if you if you are working as a coach, for example, nobody wants a coach who is like very auto authoritarian. And like, like a boss, like I'm telling you what to do. And it's like, okay, you know what? I don't want to work with you. But when it's coming with different kind of, um, yeah, different kind of roles, for example, as you said, engineering, you are automatically associate engineer, uh, a male engineer at, I don't know, 35 years to be like a very impunitive, like, um, yeah, um, straight and, and and just sitting over there like impuning some authority, but if you are thinking, hey, maybe a coach, a male coach, at thirty-five years, is like, oh, she, he needs to be kind, he needs to be more like empathetic, more listening and not talking, and you see, it's it's on ro- on the roles, I would say, because men mm-hmm. at it, so many years they needed to fight, they needed to go out and fight and hunt the the meal and so on. So this is embedded in the genetics, but actually the real world right now, we don't need to, I mean, except Ukraine, uh, uh, sadly where some of the yeah um, things are still happening in this aggression part, but we don't need to fight anymore. We have the communication. We have the word that can heal actually souls. And I think we need more um, roles that are healing. <laughs> Hmm. actually yeah. uh, healing spirits and healing people and doesn't as you said doesn't matter if they are female or male or whatever and i think these kind of roles are not going to be surpassed by the ai <laughs>
0: So, <laughs> yeah and uh AI is a very interesting topic that you brought this yeah i think empathy uh, you know so what we call Softer emotions. I I don't really like the way we call it soft because it's it's uh, then saying something is hard or something hard. softer. <laughs> uh, so it's it's just emotions, uh, and I think at, at a workplace it's it's completely fine to have that. Uh, and AI coming into the aspect, so AI can replace coaches. AI can replace HR. AI can replace that this. We keep keep hearing this. Uh, so I I. Uh, you know, have a another rebellious dialogue. Yeah, I can never replace natural stupidity.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> These are like a lot of bugs in the script that it's happening.
0: Yes. <laughs> For yes. The... But, yeah. but it is definitely interesting to have technology in a particular space. So when you are sharing um, in terms of saying, hey, uh, an engineer is somebody you look at saying a 35-year-old male sitting in front of a laptop, uh, completely authoritarian, uh, I was I was just uh, telling myself um, sometimes there are stories that we tell each other, uh, and if you really look at empowerment, equity, uh, equality, all of these depend very heavily on some of the stories we tell, and the stories we tell our kids, we tell ourselves, uh, and we tell the world. So that really uh, can change uh, the perspective of you know the entire world story so we usually have a single narrative so there's an underdog there's you know there's somebody who's uh oppressing suppressing we always have a, a black and white picture but then there are many grades and uh you know, shades of different colors that exist um, that that completely gets forgotten in certain storytelling uh storytelling can actually change the way we look at uh, world so we will look at an individual has made a contribution and not saying, hey, a woman from you know, India has made a contribution. So we don't really zero in, uh, give tags to that, uh, such that it sells in the media. But you do it through that in which you say an individual has made a contribution, has you know changed the way we look at things. Uh, so our storytelling can actually uh, do a lot
1: now i'm coming back to the kids uh, with the storytelling <laughs> because we are all also having some uh, kids inside of ourselves you know yes. like the healing inner child and um, and it was the first time uh, when i heard from one one friend of mine she uh, called her boy uh, sasha and mm-hmm. i was like what interesting name i was thinking that it's coming from serbian it's like sounds like this and she said, "No, this is the name that actually could be if if he at some point would decide will decide that it's going to be, as you said, gender fluid or any kind of of from the range. Uh, Sasha, it's, it could be like a universal name. And it I was surprised. Like I was thinking of myself that I'm very open minded and I understand a lot of things. But at some point, I was putting the question. Okay, so." Whew, that's the next step of thinking. Yeah. What is my legacy? How I'm going to raise my kids, and actually, all of us. How I'm, how we are going to pass forward the voices, as you said, the stories that we have inside of us, to the kids, because the new generation they need to face other kind of challenges, and as you said, in school, what is happening. And at job as well. So, to raise an authentic kid, you need a lot of patience and, and strength and self awareness to understand how that kid is going to be perceived in the world. Absolutely. And if you are raising that kid for fail or for success, and what kind of communities uh, he or she mm-hmm. needs in this direction, and how can you, yeah, put that seed that we are all different and that's okay. The Div- yeah. diversity is actually a strength <laughs> because we are not, we can learn from each other. We can just, yeah, see different things.
0: Um, and when you, when you went back to, you know, the kindergarten, the kids and all of that. So I, I kept telling uh, this thing uh, in terms of our curiosity. So when we're kids we naturally curious, so this your own experience, you know, talking to uh, these American tourists, we we don't really give any um, indication. We any don't give any tags saying you're different. So I should stay away from you. The more different we are from each other, the more curious we get. Saying hey, you know, I this looks uh, something different. He looks different. She looks different. Uh, they look different. So you you are naturally curious. So you don't have uh, any bifurcation, any segmentation, any compartmentalization, and that changes. Uh, very rapidly as we grow up. So none of our um we don't really bother about uh, uh, the stories that uh, we're listening to when when we're young. We don't really get into the nitty-gritties. Uh, then, then after some time it slowly dawns upon us, saying, Hey, you know, you need to follow our culture, our culture is like this. And then a lot of things come into the question and and uh, sort of takes out the curiosity of it. It becomes more like, you know, you follow the rules and uh, when you follow the rules it's fine when you don't follow it it's not uh, and that that changes a lot in terms of kids it stays through the rest of our years and um effectively you know breeds us in the same image as our older generation with maybe a small delta so it, it is uh quite interesting
1: yeah yeah it's 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 remaining with us at robs as well some of the some of the employees are, are not behaving like adults, like they are waiting for the manager to tell them what to do. And then if they are not doing it in the right PowerPoint, it's, it's delivered, it's going to be punished. Like, okay, you know, you, you mistake here, here. And when you talk about uh, goals, performance or evaluation, it's like, you did bad here, 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 and that's it, you will not get your bonus. And it's, it's the same shitty system, I would say, as in school, where um, everything that you are doing good, it's going to be promoted and you need to please someone like the teacher, the parents, the boss and so on. And so, so little, let's talk about, yeah, pleasing your own wishes, your own following, your own curiosity, as you said, the, that playfulness like discovering world in in your particular particular way, your view of the world, and that's why I think yeah the more more and more people are thinking okay to build a career or to build a profession which is uh, with with good uh, vibe around like mm-hmm. it's it's like politicians because everybody's like oh we we want to have someone who is in power and so on, but when we talk about uh, the soft as you said the soft jobs the soft skills um focused jobs nobody's saying like okay i want to be a painter oh but you're not going to have enough money on that
0: uh, yeah so i've heard this many many times but poetry is not going to fill your stomach <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah and unfortunately if if someone was saying the same to the yeah very famous bo- poets In the past, they were just quitting and that's it. No more poetry, no more painting, no more Mm -hmm. arts. And actually, when you are enjoying life, it's about poetry and arts and colorful and nature. So we can just stay in front of the laptop no matter how many hours, but we are still enjoying sunsets and the smell of rain and so on. So this is going to un- unite us, let's say, the root and the nature, no matter what culture we have.
2: No, if I'm
1: asking people from uh, any country if they really like uh, rainbows, I think nobody will say, oh, I hate it. I don't like <laughs> it. It's <laughs> on the sky. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's going back to natural uh, things yeah. that, and, and needs that we all have.
0: Absolutely. So when when you said this, um, I I was reminded of my experiences with uh, another, you know, like, since you're, you know, old time vashlas, there was this beautiful concept of Lanshule, wherein you're meeting different people from different parts of the world, or it initially started with uh, meeting people in the same office whom you may not meet on a daily basis. So one of my best experiences was... uh, to finally find out, hey, you know, both of us like uh, singing, both of us like uh, arts, both of us are uh, into, say, creating YouTube content. So that that made us friends far more than, you know, saying, oh, you're from Romania, I'm from shakrab but from Saudi. Uh, those segmentations that we have saying, hey, I'm a Muslim, I'm a practicing Hindu. Uh, all that was, I think, went away. So we were Chatting as kids or chatting in in terms of that connection. I said, hey, now we have a like I also like this color, you also like that color. So the conversation was so uh, uh, you know authentic, natural, and we were connected beyond the boundaries. And for me that uh, was, was something that is is fantastic. Um, you never get um, tired of such conversations.
1: But you need the right mindset for that. You need to be exposed. You need to, to, to have the openness or the flexibility to see beyond the color, as you said, beyond the culture, beyond the religion. And you also need some kind of approach that it's not pushing your own beliefs to others. And I think this mm-hmm. comes with maturity, like emotional maturity, because if I'm just trying to preach you, I don't know, my religion, at some point you will feel attacked. Like you will not feel like, okay, that person is coming to my life to change me. And if you are having the right mindset, it's that person coming to my life to remind me to accept myself and accept others. And this is different kind of religion. <laughs> this is different, different kind of like yeah. acceptance and, and thinking that we are unique and we can help each other yeah, this is going to go more and more having the more impact and echo, regardless the how diverse we are.
0: Mm. I have just, just one thing to add. I think uh, you get into a phase wherein you're not really saying somebody is coming into my life because of something. Um. You know, there's, there's no attachment to any of uh, those concepts. So it's the philosopher in, in me that's taking over. So it's uh, that concept of nothingness. There is uh, no reason why somebody has to come to your uh, place. There's no reason that you want to attach. It just is. They're just there. There's no reason you have to go talk to them. There's no reason they're trying to now get to you. It's it's just beautiful natural curiosity. Like the river is flowing. It it's 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 going to flow whether you tell it to flow the other side. It will still continue to flow uh, in in the direction that it wants to. You may put a dam, but then it will still continue to flow. Uh, it may stay in there, but it's, it's still true to what it is. Um, so we don't need to really uh, put dams and say, okay, this is where you should be. This is where you should not go. It is just a, just as it is. That that whole concept of nothingness. There is, there is no specific reason why someone's coming to a life. There's, there could be, but there, there need not be a reason.
1: Yes. It was a nice metaphor uh, on that because you know, like the life is going through through a bus uh, journey, and you will have some people who are uh, coming into your bus, um, and staying uh, shorter. Like I don't mm-hmm. know, ex-colleagues that I have ten years ago, and I don't, I'm not keeping any uh, any contact with them. But there are like people who are staying longer in years, like family or friends and so on there are just people who are just waving from the bus like you (laughs) you pass by on the street you see you know that face but never again seeing it again so yeah i think it's it's the you are the bus you are the journey and letting people in and out and so on you are you are just trying to explore life how is it and as you said that nothingness not being attached on what is coming and what is it's leaving. From your life, it's it's knowing that you are the one who is driving your life. You can have the control <laughs> on that. So it's yeah. F- mm. From philosopher to another philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yes, it's it's been a fun, uh, fun conversation so far. It's been intense. It's been uh, entertaining. Been a lot of uh Conversation. So it's just the social proof that two of us who may we only had, say, a handful of LinkedIn conversations. um, uh, Having a conversation of close to an hour and 20 minutes. uh, Different topics. So this is possible. This is uh, definitely the case. Not talked about um, so many things, but we've talked about so many uh, things as well. So (laughs) definitely possible to hold conversations, to look at people with curiosity, uh, to have conversations where we... Fundamentally agree on something, differ on something else as well. Um, so it's it's. Um, somebody asked me what's what's the value of the podcast you get? It's all these uh, subtle nuances that if you're ready to receive, you will get.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm. I just want to congratulate you to have this this um, initiative, because now in in now nowadays a lot of information is on the internet. A lot of people, you can just watch hours and hours on podcast, but I think starting with your uh, close network, let's say ex-colleagues uh, and trying to be so human in, in approach. And as you said, moderation, like uh, it, yeah, here and there only to try to, to bring the best from the conversation. I think this is your natural quality. And I'm so happy that you are not uh, working in other field anymore. <laughs> because it's, it's yes. you can bring so much Absolutely. value from that. And I yeah, I think it's it's great to, as you said, to have this kind of conversations. And for the people who are listening to us, uh, to, to understand that it's we are all the same at some point. And that's
0: Hello. that's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So completely agree on that. We're all the same. We're connected. Um, connected, I think, far more fundamentally than, you know, we see. And then when you find that connection, it's 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 a beautiful feeling. And I uh, think things can move out, uh, move from that. And when you were sharing also, I think one of the things that also came to me is the similarity between us is uh, Also maybe using our power of uh, the voice that we have, the experiences that we've come across, uh, sharing that with with people and seeing where it lands, and then inviting more conversation around it. Um, One of the ways in which I got to meet a lot of people was um, because I shared my experiences and sharing those experiences gave me a lot of uh, people who who connected um, even in terms of the controversial ones. Um, so I, I I don't know if you know of it, then I wrote a, a, a blog, Quit Like Bosch. And then there was one more saying why employees leave an initiative die. And a lot of them uh, came on that particular uh, uh, episode. And then a lot of them privately messaged saying, Hey, Sunil, I think uh, it's very brave of you uh, to write this, share this or whatever. Uh, so my only aspect is that i think we should be open to rebels in the organisation and let them stay in those organisations and also be not afraid to use our voice um, and be authentic in our in our voices so i just also wanted to share that and then catch your reaction and um, you know uh, pull this podcast to a close
1: yeah yeah For me, uh, yeah, I think you said about rebels and um, for me, what is in my mindset, what is in my mind is that I have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can lose anything, but on the other side, I know how to build everything from scratch. So for me, any organization who is really limiting me or like not giving me the chance to develop or not giving me what is... uh, let's say, not giving me the chance or the opportunity or, or open the door for what I have to give, then for me it's a waste waste uh, time and after six years and on so, and something, I was more like thinking, okay, how long should I wait for what is what I deserve and what I was working for and that was the end and I would say, okay, this is enough and it's like in relationships you know, when it's not working and it's like uh, <laughs> love force it Um, you feel like it's not working and it's happening like one month two months and so on and the other saying oh I'm changing oh you just wait when I'm going to be be beautiful uh, behaving and so on and I said that's that's enough and actually I I encourage other people to really uh, put their limits uh, like healthy limits uh, to learn how to say no and I think the sooner, the better, <laughs> even if it's one year or three months or four months. If you don't feel in that company, in that team, uh, if you don't feel that it's not working, you just need to, to stay straight and say, no, for me, it's not working. I, I know that for other people it can work and that's very good. They will still have their lessons to learn over there. But if you feel like it's not working for you, just stop and say, for me, no, until, until here. And you will find new people, you will find new jobs, new opportunities, and you will feel so much, uh, let's say, uh, alive in that, because it's the same person who, who were, was giving you the opportunity to really yeah, develop and really give something else. And for me, it was the case that I said, okay, I don't want to be catched in something. I have so much potential. I have so much to give, and I deserve much more. And I, I just switched the table, and I said, "That's it." <laughs>
0: mm, yes, so a lot of similarities in in some of our stories. But then I'm, you know, last last question in terms of the curiosity uh, for today's call. So you call yourself yes. Chief Empathy Officer. So you are a CEO, but then a different kind of a CEO. Uh, so what what enabled you? What put you to to that Chief Empathy Officer?
1: It was interesting. Everybody was like, "Okay, who is that CEO? CEO and what?" Um, but when I was going to the meeting uh, in Germany for Women at Bosch, um, I first met my colleagues. Actually, we interacted a lot online, but we never met each other. And then Tony, uh, she she was from um, US, and uh, she saw me moderating the meeting with the uh, with the fillies, with the yeah top management, and. I tried to be so calm and like um, empathy towards her. Like I invited her to say, hey, would you like to have like a coffee? Would you like to sit here? And it was not that professional PowerPoint approach as a moderator, as a trainer anymore. It was like me as a human interacted with another colleague of mine, who was happening to be top management of Bosch <laughs> and in front of all my colleagues. And Tony was recognizing that, that okay, but you did it in a, such a kind way and such a, with full of empathy after one full of day of workshops and conferences and so on. I treated her and also us in that group as human beings with needs and, and passions and value. And she told us that you are our CEO right now from the group and I said, OK, but what is coming, CEO? Like? And she said, you are the chief empathy officer. And I really like that name. And I said I will transform it in a brand in, in, in LinkedIn awareness because I, I really think that empathy should get leaders close to the, to the team. And now, yeah, I said that this year, uh, at least this year, I will still have this nickname uh, on, on the LinkedIn because it's me raising awareness on that. And it's a nice nickname. Maybe one day I will be a CEO as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we're all uh, CEOs in our own life. Uh, CEOs at times in uh, many others' others' lives as well. But a very interesting name. Um, so yeah, sometimes uh, if, if I need it, so I will also borrow it.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Please, please just think about that empathy in the world. Because in general, yeah, we need people to lead us through their heart and not only minds.
0: So Lara, what has been the last one hour, 20 minutes? Any closing thoughts from your end?
1: It was inspiring. Uh, It was a very good vibe for me. Um, I also uh, had some ideas that uh, uh, I I get to share, but also I borrowed from you some ideas and some some thoughts. So thank you for that. And I encourage you to keep doing that. So please do it, make time, find people that uh, you think that are inspiring or you liked them uh, because of their values, because of their activity and keep doing that because you're doing a great job.
0: Thank you so much. And uh, thank you for agreeing to come on board such short, short notice on a holiday and uh, you know, celebrating Easter and after that coming on board here. Thank you so much. And I think yeah, it's it's always a joy to meet people from uh, different backgrounds. Uh, you know, joy amplifies when you have similar values, uh, similar activities that you've been a part of. So it's been uh, uh, a complete joy to have you share all the authenticity with all the honesty um your own experiences and yeah rain rain go away is what i also take away from this
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you so much
0: yes thank you so much and then yeah so until next time until the next conversation uh, to the rest of the listeners and the viewers stay tuned Uh, there are a few more interesting personalities on board this March. So, March is going to be like a flood of podcasts. And uh, thank you, Laura, for coming on board. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Bye.
2: Bye bye. Take care.